I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This is Internet Marketing. to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.com. This is Internet Marketing. And in today's show, Calvin Newman talks about content-based link-building campaigns. Enjoy. My name is Calvin Newman. This is the Internet Marketing Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking about content marketing and content-based link-building campaigns. As you will have no doubt heard, there's been a variety of updates to Google over the last couple of years. This really changed the day-to-day nature of the type of work that you would do outside of your own website in order to perform better in the search results. So what that means is, whereas in the past you might have had a variety of tactics that you would have gone to in order to send the search engines a signal that you are a trusted website that ought to be there for a particular search result query. Now it's far more driven about content. And that content comes in a couple of different ways. So one is like, what what great content can you produce that people are going to want to link to? And there's also what kind of great content can you produce that you can share with other people that they share on their website. And when they do, they cite you as a source. So today I'm going to take you through sort of a process that you might want to consider, a framework that you could use that would allow you to produce content that will achieve these marketing objectives, content that will lead to more links to your website, more of the right links that's going to help the search engines understand what you're about. So this is theme. We've mentioned it a few times in the podcast in the past, but I wanted to revisit it because it is one of these kind of ideas that I've used for a number of years that I think works really well. It's really good at sort of delivering. So it's a really good tool to kind of work your way through to ensure that you kind of hit your objectives. But actually, I think it's a really good tool for explaining content marketing and explaining content marketing, particularly with the purpose of generating links. Because if you work for an agency, the the chances are that you need to get clients to buy into the type of work that you're doing. If you're working brand side, you need to convince your boss that this is the type of work that you ought to be working on. So I'm going to talk you through it and it can work quite well as a way of creating content, but not just creating content for content's sake, creating content where there's a really good chance that it's going to turn into links afterwards. So it's an acronym um, theme and it's got like these different steps and I'll take you through each of them and I'll take you through an example of how I've used that on the Brighton SEO website. So the T stands for tribes. So who are the people who have the power to write about and link to your company and do these overlap with your customers? 
So the fact is that there's only so many people out there, although it is a big number of people, but there's only so many people out there who have a website. Now, it can be very, very powerful to create content that appeals to people who have social media accounts and all of that kind of thing. But in many cases, I'm ultimately looking for links. So I'm looking for people who have the ability, who have a website, who have in the past linked to websites. And if they haven't done that, then that can be valuable. They can be useful people to put your content in front of. But when I've got my link building hat on, it's far less useful, right? It's far less useful um, to target people who don't have websites. So we want to understand these people who have websites. We want to group them into types of people and we want to understand them. So who are they? Um, you know, maybe it's mummy bloggers, right? Maybe it's a group of people who write their own website, talk about parenting, and they could be an ideal group of customers, you know, an ideal tribe for you. So then you've identified this group of people. You've maybe got some examples. Um, you've got the websites in question. What do they like to link to? What have they linked to in the past? Which pieces of content that your competitors have produced have they reacted positively to? You want to understand as much about them as you possibly can. And this is really important because when you produce the content, you want to understand who you're writing it for. So no matter who you are, no matter what the um, type of content you're producing, whether it's a podcast or a blog post or a white paper or whatever it is, if you can almost have the pictures, the, the faces of the people you're writing for with some key information about what they're interested in and what they like, um, the research that goes with that, if you've got that there when you're producing the thing, the asset, the thing you want people to link to, you will be more successful. And this was the big mistake I used to make quite frequently when I was producing content. I would sort of start with a content idea and then ask myself, who should I approach? Who should I pitch it to? That's not the best way. The best way is you know who you want to link to it, or at least know the type of people you want to link to it very clearly, very explicitly before you go anywhere near starting to produce something. And then there's another step. So this is the hook, right? The H in our theme. And you need to answer this. So what is interesting and special about your company specifically to this tribe? And this is where a lot of the campaigns can sometimes fall down or what seem like great tribes where it can start to go wrong. So every business sort of needs its own USP, its own proposition. I think the important thing is it needs to be fairly unique as well. Um, and this is where things can go wrong. So maybe we've kind of gone, I don't know, I'm doing a job board um, and university careers advisors. They're, they're a good tribe. They link to job boards and um, they work for trusted websites and start to understand what they're looking for, what their motivations are. But if I'm a job board and I don't have any graduate jobs, then they're never going to link to me, right? So I've not got the hook. I've not got something special about me that appeals to that tribe. And the more unique this is, the better, right? The more insight or uniqueness that you have, the more value you have to these tribes that no one else has, the better placed you are. And it's now that we start producing the engaging content, right? So this is the E in our theme. Now, Based upon our tribes and our hook, we now start to decide the pieces of content that will work for that tribe. So don't start with this phrase, you know, don't start with a brainstorming session for content ideas. Start with the persona research, the tribe research to decide who it is. And then for those tribes, decide what makes you special. Because your engaging content needs to appeal to those tribes. If it doesn't appeal to those tribes, they're not going to link to it, right? You need to appeal to those tribes and ideally, you want to engage, you know, you want to embody the hook. What do I mean by that? Well, there might well be pieces of content you could produce that would appeal to that tribe, but they don't say anything about you as a business. 
And for certain companies, that kind of very vague, generic, loose association can be very, you know, it might work for them. But I'm most interested in not only content that's going to drive links that are relevant and going to help my SEO. I also want to produce content that if it does get a reaction, if it does get a response from other people, it's actually going to lead to more customers. Now, that doesn't mean it has to be salesy. In fact, probably you don't want it to be salesy, but you need it to be relevant. So it might be, I don't know, I could produce something great about kittens. People like kittens, right? They'll link to that. If that's got no connection to my business, I'm not going to get any value from those people who like the kitten content, right? Bad analogy, but what I'm getting at here is it's really important that you appeal to the tribes and get across what makes you as a company special. And that can be subtle, but it needs to be there. And this is the stage when you start thinking about what's the formats for the content, what headlines would it have? When would we, you know, release it? You know, all of those types of things. And actually, you might start to, it's a good point here to start thinking about repurposing things as well. So you might do a, piece, produce a piece of content. How do you make it a blog post, a video, a slideshare, you know, a podcast, all of these things at the same time. So you're kind of going, how do I extract maximum value from that idea? So we've got that. We've got our tribes. We've got who we're appealing to. You might have many different tribes at the same time. You Then you've got your hook. So you'll have some hooks to a tribe and then engaging content. So each tribe could have multiple engaging pieces of content. Your tribes probably won't change frequently, but your engaging piece of content you will probably do over a period of time. So you'll say, okay, maybe this is what we're doing month one. This is what we're doing month three and so on and so forth. And so forth, sorry. Um, so... You've got that. You then need to market it. And this is, again, a very easy thing to forget, right? You might spend a lot of time and money promoting and, sorry, coming up with a great idea for a piece of content that really is spot on for a tribe. But if you don't market it effectively, no one will no one will see it. So the marketing um, can come in lots of different formats, but you need to think for every piece of content that you're producing, it almost needs a mini marketing plan, right? So it needs its own marketing plan to promote that piece of content. And that probably could include social media, maybe email. And frequently, I'm recommending paid media as well. So if you've spent, I don't know, a couple of days producing a great piece of content or, you know, um, hundreds or thousands of pounds producing it, I really think you should allocate a amount of money to promote that using things like Facebook advertising or Twitter advertising or you know, um, stumble upon or outbrain or whatever it is. And I'm increasingly recommending people when they're, when they're thinking about an investment in a piece of content, whether it be time or money, that they should think of it in, in like free sections, you know, the budget in free sections. So they need to say, okay, we need to put a third of the budget into the, the brainstorming, the research, the tribe, you know, analysis and all of that type of stuff. So the, the pre-production and then a third into the production of the asset, the thing that they're making, and then a third into the the marketing that's associated with that, and that might include media spend. Because what I find is that far too frequently, it's all on that middle bit. So all of the money spent on the production, um, not enough time or effort is spent on the research, and not enough time and effort is spent on the promotion. And actually, it doesn't matter how good the bit is you produce if it's not promoted effectively. And then like any good marketing program, you need a feedback loop, right? So how do you evaluate it? You need to, before you even start producing the content, have established 
what success looks like. You know, you don't need to, this doesn't need to be something that you kind of beat yourself up on if you don't meet the targets, but you need to kind of go, what would be a defined success? And what are the measures that you would use? So maybe it is new inbound links, or maybe it is, you know, an improvement in your rankings, or maybe it's an improvement in revenue. You want to kind of understand this because it's really powerful because we're going to be, this is an ongoing process. It's not a one-off project. What we're looking for is how do we learn and refine and be agile about the content that we're producing? So we want to know what worked and what didn't work so we can learn from the failures and build upon the successes. So what you'll do is these engaging pieces of content, you might be producing them daily. You might be doing weekly or quarterly, but whatever the schedule is, you need to understand what success looks like so you can learn from it. So let's take you through an example of how this kind of works. This was a piece of content I did a a while ago for the Brighton SEO business. So um, some of you may know I run a digital marketing conference about SEO in Brighton. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Somewhat imaginatively titled Brighton SEA. Now we put out a salary survey and this is kind of, I think, a, a relatively good way of explaining the theme approach to hopefully put a little bit more meat on the bone, so to speak. So who are the tribes? Well, we know that there are lots of digital marketing agencies who have their own blog. And we also know that lots of these digital marketing agencies who have their own blog allocate the task of writing a blog post out amongst their team. And that task may be one of a dozen or hundreds of tasks that they get in any one month. And typically, it's not one of the highest priority tasks. It's one of the tasks that perhaps can sometimes slip a little. And we know that generally speaking, um, from our insight that we've got when doing the tribe research, is that these, these agency people are often time poor. So they're trying to meet all of their objectives, d- deliver all of these tasks, while perhaps not having a lot of time to do so. 
So we know that they're looking for things that they can easily repurpose and tick off that list of, I wrote something for the company blog as quickly and easily as they possibly can. So that was our tribe. And we know that because they're writing for their blog, they've got the power to link, right? So these are people who would certainly reference something that made their life easier, that they could write about and turn around that blog post. So what was our hook? Well, we knew that we have, you know, that Brighton SEO has a relationship with a significant number of SEOs. Um, Probably one of the, you know, maybe not the biggest, but certainly a very big mailing list of people who work in SEO. And we also know that we're very fortunate in organizing the events that lots of people have a good, good relationship with us that they, that they, you know, that we have a rapport with them. So we know that we can send an email out to them and we can get a really good open rate of that email and providing we've got the right thing in that email, we can get a really good sort of click-through rate. So we knew, okay, so what we've got is access. And what we needed to do was turn that access into something. So we could use the access that we have and turn it into something. So that was the engaging content. So we went for a survey. Surveys are one of the, maybe not most imaginative, but one of the most effective forms of engaging content. So we were able to use our hook, right, which was the access to gain insight that very few people would have and turn that into a survey. And this is where it started to connect into broader things, right? So we're like, oh, surveys, what could we do surveys about? Salary surveys is one that is done very frequently, but it kind of fitted with a broader marketing objective for us, right? Which was that we had the job board. So we, you know, we have jobs in search marketing. So that's a job board that we'd wanted to promote. And I'm also involved in a recruitment company called Clockwork Talent. Very highly recommended if you're in the UK. Clockwork Talent, good recruitment company. But no, leaving that aside, what I'm saying is that this fit nicely, right? So it had, it would promote Brighton SEO as a business, but it had this bigger strategic value. And that's where good content comes in, right? That, you know, it's getting that hook across, but it's also kind of fitting and achieving more than just the links. And that's the best content you can produce. Content that will get the links but also help you in other ways as well. So we we produced that and we found some really interesting insights out of it. And that helped us with the marketing because there were stories within the data, right? So we were able to do the straightforward marketing. We were able to, you know, share it socially. We had an email plan. So we knew everybody who had completed the survey. So therefore would probably hopefully be interested in the outcome. Um, but we also ha- found these patterns, right? The stories in the data that allowed us to pitch this idea so we found for example that in brighton and the city where uh, you know i i'm based that once you reached a certain level of seniority in seo it actually didn't have that big a pay difference with london whereas actually for more junior roles yeah it was significantly better paid for junior roles in london than it was in brighton but once you reach director or you know owner of an agency actually didn't tend to make a lot of difference we also found that actually all of the studies in the UK suggest that there's some really unfair gender discrepancies between male and female salaries in, in across the board in the UK. That was certainly the case in SEO as well, perhaps even more exaggerated. So that's an interesting story there as well. So we were able to put out all of these bits of data which allowed us to create um, some information, um, uh, an asset that we could really work with. And we had an evaluation approach as well. You know, it was, it is the most linked to page on our website 
other than the homepage. It's very hard to create a piece of content that will get more links than your homepage. So that's a good sign there. And it continues to deliver traffic to our website as well. And it allowed us to achieve some of these strategic objectives as well. You know, it gave us a real push with the launch of the job board. It gave us some really good leads for the recruitment business as well. So hopefully that gives you a sense of how you might use this framework. It can be incredibly powerful and it's fitting into this more broader need whereby people link to content. They don't link to websites. They link to content. They link to things that they are interested in. And I wanted to finish off today by sharing a couple of you know, examples of some tips that might help you when going through this process or any form of content marketing. And one is to take a venture capital approach to your content creation. Now, if you know or understand a little bit about venture capital like I do, you know, you get this sense of that the way in which VC funding works is that a fund will invest in lots of businesses. And they invest in a lot of businesses on the understanding that a large number of them will fail. So let's say, for example, a VC firm invests in 20 companies. They might expect that, I don't know, 18 of those will fail. And maybe one of them will just about make back the money that they invest. But they hope that one of the 20 will make so much money, it covers all of the losses of the other ones that didn't take off. And that's how they have to choose their funding, right? They don't choose businesses that they think are just going to be successful. They have to choose businesses that they think are going to be successful And the success that they will have will be enough to justify the risk of the investment in the other businesses they're taking. And now the hope is that they think all of those 20 ideas are equally likely to be successful, but they're managing the risk and they're managing the risk with like a portfolio approach. But the portfolio approach relies upon this kind of, you know, extreme returns on the ones that are successful. So think about that in your content, right? Not every piece of content you produce will be successful. We need to accept that and plan for it. So that's why I don't, I'm not a huge fan initially of a, of a campaign of a big idea. I like lots of small ideas, see what works, then invest in a big idea. And not only must we accept that some of our you know, plans won't work, we need our successes when they are successful to be the type of successes that will pay, in inverted commas, um, for the failures. So you need to create content that has a good chance of getting disproportionate returns because a lot of your content ideas won't take off to the extent that you hope. Now, a few other ideas in terms of improving the chance of success um, would be things like, and this sounds a little bit kind of glib, but I I think it's a, a, a good example. So good enough isn't good enough. There have never been more businesses out there producing content in a variety of different formats, investing in it. You've got SEO people who are now taking content very seriously. You've got content marketing people who have been around for a a period of time investing in content. You've got social media. You've got PR. You've got um, magazines and publishers doing all that kind of thing. You've got brands who are setting up magazines. There's never been more content out there. And that's before you factor in all the user-generated content of social media networks as well. So good content will not help you. Great content will not help you. Content needs to be exceptional. So if you've gone through that process of thinking some engaging content ideas, look to see if anyone's done it before. If they have, you don't just need to be better than that. You need to make that piece of content look so poor quality that no one would ever link to it again. You need to be an order of magnitude better than that. So that might help influence your engaging content ideas. It's much easier to be the best piece of content, an exceptional piece of content where nobody's ever produced anything like that before. It's much harder if there's a hundred guides that are already pretty good to be the exceptional one. 
Another good approach as well is to include the ideal partners, the people who you want to be doing the links, linking to you, the tribes, as it were, involved, get them involved in the content production. So one tactic I found that might work quite well is interviewing them. So maybe that's not the content itself, but if you know that there's these tribes that you'd want to produce, um, you'd like to link to your content, actually getting in contact with a number of them and asking to interview them, which might produce a nice piece of content in its own right, but it also acts as a focus group. So you can almost get a sense of what these people are looking for, what they like prior to even producing the content. And if you have got a good relationship with these tribes, the people that you're hoping to approach, you can actually ask them for feedback on the idea. If you're going to invest time and money into a particular content idea, it might be worth you know, pitching people first saying, we're considering producing or we're about to, what do you think? And actually, in many cases, we're finding actually paying someone who's of the type of person in the tribe to be involved in the production. So maybe they're writing it, maybe they're proofing it, maybe they're just involved in the brainstorming. That's a really good way to get people involved in your content. And they're going to understand people who are in the, you know, they're of the tribe. They're going to understand it much better than anyone who's outside that. And often these are people who are exceptionally gifted content creators in their own right. And often they'd be very pleased to work with a company or organization on that type of basis. So that's a whistle-stop tour of the theme framework. It's one we've used for a number of years. It's one we've mentioned on the podcast a number of times as well. But I like to revisit it because I think it really helps this process. So it helps this process of when you're producing content and you're producing content that you want to help you do well in the search results, you need to think about who it is you want to be linking to it. You need to think about why they'd want to be involved with you as an organization. You need to think about something exceptional that you can produce that's going to appeal to them. You need to have a plan and approach for how you're going to get that in front of those people. And then you need to know and accept what success looks like and use that to constantly refine and constantly improve the process you're going through. So hopefully now we're all really well equipped to go off and do great content marketing campaigns that are going to deliver links, that are going to deliver rankings, that are going to deliver more money on the bottom line and generally be exceptionally successful. Well, thanks for listening. The show notes are at sitevisibility.com slash impodcast. Uh, we're on iTunes and Stitcher, and please leave a review because that helps us to grow the audience and that helps us to help more people. If you've got any questions or comments, the email is podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk and the telephone hotline if you want to leave us your lovely voice, plus four four one two seven three two five six one five zero. We'll see you next time on Internet Marketing.